how can you not let the situation with the Jets affect you? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 24 of All In With Kevin. I am your host, Kevin Lewis. In today's episode, I am going to talk about the Jets, the New York Jets' glorious, and I mean that in the most sarcastic way possible, victory over the Los Angeles Rams today. This is being recorded during the Sunday night football game between, or excuse me, the Sunday night snooze fest between the Cleveland Browns and New York Giants. So this is being recorded a little bit after the Jets' uh, disastrous victory over the Rams on this Sunday. Ah, man, look. Where do I start with this? I I had pretty much given up on rooting for the Jets earlier in the season. I was just like, man, I'm not doing this no more. Once they once they um, pissed Gar- Donald's career career away, I was done. Not doing this no more. You know the the typical stuff people in a dead end relationship say when they when they have figured out they want to go. But then you know, the should I stay? Should I go? Happens. And then you end up in a relationship you probably don't... You end up back in a relationship you probably don't need to be in. But I had all but quit. And then, you know, it looked like... The Jets looked so bad. And they had fucked up Sam, basically. And, you know, Sam has his culpability in it. But they ruined a perfectly good quarterback prospect. And the defense looked awful. And, you know, Adam Gase is doing the typical Adam Gase stuff. And then you had... The, the Jets successfully tanking and having tank moments against the Patriots, where it looked like the Patriots were actively trying to toss the game. The, the Jets were like, nope, we're not having it. You had the Raiders game where Greg Williams made the most curious engage eight circa, circa Madden call um, with 14 seconds left in the game where the Raiders were at your own at the at the Jets 40 yard line. So you thought, okay, maybe for once the Jets will do this thing right where they just outright tank and call it a day. Just tank and lose every single fucking game. You thought, okay, you know, Joe Douglas has has done a pretty respectable job with his draft picks. Like, I don't agree with all of them, but Makai Becton looks like he's on a trajectory to be the best left tackle in the sport. And Denzel Mims looks like a, a good NFL wide receiver. I don't know what his ceiling is, but for now, let's say he looks like a good number two guy. So, okay, you know, so there's, there's some bright spots here. And, you know, Quinton Williams, who, you know, I thought was the wrong pick, and I still, quite frankly, think was the wrong pick given, you know, positional value. But ultimately, if he's going to play like this and keep ascending the way he has, I have to eat all my words. So good on him, and he's been a good player for the Jets this year, and you know, things were starting to look up, and you thought, okay, you got you, you got you, you got the number one pick, you got like eighty million dollars of cap space, whatever the Jets got, you got, you know, you know, um, you got Trevor Lawrence, you got Denzel Mims, you got Beckton, you got Quinn Williams, and you got a clean slate. That that is appealing to anybody, really, any head coach. You thought things might be looking up. And look, before I go ranting and raving, let me make it 100% clear that this is not a diss towards 
Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or Zach Morris or whoever the fuck quarterback prospect you want to put in my face, that's not named Trevor Lawrence. This is not a shot at them. The fact of the matter is, whether you like it or not, given the Jets' rep with with players and such and with front office personnel and coaches and like the people see it, the people see ownership and how poorly things are run with the Jets. The Jets needed the number one pick to have an attractive coaching opening, period. Because Trevor Lawrence, $80 million in cap space, and the, and the remaining pieces the Jets have, and the fact that they're in New York City is such it's a way easier sell than the number two pick, which comes with all kinds of uncertainty, and the same other stuff, the cap space in New York City and so on and so forth. Like, is it the be-all, end-all? I mean, no. Like, the Jets still have to make the right hire, and if they overpay a coach, or they, if they overpay a coach by how, however many million dollars, they can still get a very good coaching candidate here. They can still get somebody who could turn around the, uh, turn around the franchise, right? So it's not the be-all, end-all. But again, the number one pick made that job so much more appealing. And that's exactly why this team needed it, because we saw what they did. We saw what they did with the last coaching hire. You know, they had Darnold. They had, they had him for a year, and it was time to it was it was time to fire Todd Bowles. Da 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 da. And they needed a new guy. They needed a, they needed a new voice. Um, they needed they needed somebody to take the Jets in a better direction, and help the quarterback develop. And then they hired Adam Gase's goofy ass. So we saw how that one went. The Jets need every single little bit of help they can get. All of it. And having the number one pick does not fix everything. Please do not get it twisted. It does not fix everything. Trevor Lawrence is only one man. He puts his fucking pants on one leg at a time, just like all of us. He puts his shirts on one arm at a time, just like all of us. I understand that. And I'm under no delusions that one man was going to fix everything wrong with the Jets. But the fact of the matter is, that pick, having that pick, is puts makes that job so much easier to sell. And that is why they needed that fucking pick. More than anything else, yes, Trevor Lawrence is allegedly a generational prospect. I understand that. I, like, I haven't watched much of him. I've watched enough of him to know that he's good. That's about it. That's about as far as it goes with me. He's good and he has a live arm. Okay, like th- this ain't about just him. It's just not. Like he could be dope all he wants, and I understand that he is. He's a dope prospect, but just the 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 Jets needed to walk in with that bargaining piece with regards to coaching candidates. Because I am positive that there are guys who are not going to take an interview simply based on the fact that the Jets do not have the number one pick. Based on well, the the general clusterfuck that is the organization. So here we are. The, the the Jets look like they are steamrolling towards the number two pick. Who the hell knows what happens with that pick? They could take Justin Field. They could trade out, whatever. They could keep Sam, whatever. But it's just it's amazing that the Jets, my whole life, have won. Meaningless game after meaningless game after meaningless game. The pinnacle, I thought at least until today, the pinnacle was 2007 Week 17 
when they uh, the Jets finished four and twelve, they were three and twelve going into the game. And if they lost, they would have picked number three overall. And if they won, they picked number they would have picked number six. The Jets came back. The Jets were down three with two minutes left. They drove down to kick a field goal to tie the game. They then won in overtime. Again, this is week seventeen, and the Jets are winning games in overtime to fuck themselves out of draft positioning. Do you want to know who they picked in the two thousand eight NFL draft? Do you want to know? They picked Vernon Golston at number six overall. You want to know who went number three, where they could have picked? Matt Ryan. And that's just one example. There are a few others. Um, In 2006, it worked out better for the Jets, but the Raiders benched um, their top two quarterbacks, Kerry Collins and Marquez Tuyasasopo. Yes, Marquez Tuyasasopo, I did not expect was going to make an appearance on this podcast tonight, but he did. I did not expect to mention him at all, but it happened. They benched both of them, and they lost. Now, the Jets ended up with the Brickershaw Ferguson at number four instead of wherever. I think they would have picked second if they had lost that game as well. So it, it worked out in their favor at that time, but like the Jets just they continually do this shit. Continually. like I, I sat there, I watched. I was flipping back and forth between the Jets and Rams game and the, and the Chiefs and Saints game. And, and, you know, in red zone and so on. And every time I tuned back into the game, the Rams were in third and long. This is the first half, like the first quarter and such. And it, it the game felt off from the beginning. Now, I always thought the Rams were going to actually, at some point, wake the fuck up and go win the fucking football game. Obviously, they did not. But, like, from, from the first quarter, it was just, okay... Um, the Rams went three and out on the first two drives of the game. And I'm just like, how are they doing this? Like, three and out against this Jets defense, the first two drives of the game, that happened. And it was just, okay. And then eventually it was, like, the Jets went down the field on the first drive and scored a touchdown. Because first drive, Adam Gase is like, is, is, is like fucking 2,000 Mike Martz compared to the rest of the game where he's just Adam Gates. The Jets can't be stopped on the first drive of games, and then they just don't do shit the rest of the fucking games. It's very odd behavior, but whatever. They go down to 7-0. Eventually, the, the um, Jared Goff throws a pick, ends up 10-0. I think they block a punt somewhere in between there and ends up 13-0. And it's just, you just, you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting for the fucking Rams to do something. Do something, please, for the love of God, do something. Do something, please. Like, the Rams showed up like they were supposed to win that football game without actually going out and doing it. That's how they played. They no-showed until basically the fourth quarter when then they, when then they decided, okay, we got to play now. We got to actually go win the game. And then, they, and then it was, by then it was too fucking late. Like, I mean, we, Jared Goff, who I, I just don't understand why the Rams paid him. Given that Sean McVay, I feel like Sean McVay can make a lot of quarterbacks look better than they are. And I understand that they that they took Jared Goff number one overall, so he's kind of their guy. But have you ever really watched Jared Goff play like, you know what, that's a dope-ass quarterback? Because, I mean, look, the guy has supreme arm, arm talent. Not denying that, right? The in-between-the-ears, he's very slow to process things, so that hurts. He can really, I've never really watched Jared Goff like, yo, this guy is a stud. Because all the good games with Jared Goff is just, he's basically an autopilot. Like, okay, the blocking is fire. 
His receivers, we know his receivers are fucking great. So he he has all day in the pocket. Okay, so this is what he's going to do. Like, once he completes, like, eight out of his first nine, you kind of know what kind of game it's going to be. Especially if he has clean pockets. If he has clean, clean pockets, it's a wrap. Much like most other people, but with Jared Goff, it's just different. He gets in his zone, and it's a wrap. But most NFL games are not going to go that way. And when he gets a lick of pressure in his face, he doesn't know what to do with himself. So he was throwing balls left, right, up, down. He was inaccurate. He was skittish in the pocket. Like he, I mean, he hit Jets defenders in the hands on no less than three occasions. And it was just, I'm watching this and I'm just like, are the Rams really going to fucking do this bullshit? And I mean, yes, the Jets played a, a pretty reasonably good football game. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and act like it's just the Rams. Because quite frankly, the Jets, as bad as they have been, they should have two wins as we speak. If not for Greg Williams, you know, sending, sending the engage eight like he was playing fucking Madden, as I mentioned before, they'd have two wins. So they should have two wins. So it ain't just about what the Rams didn't do. It's about what the Jets did do, which is, you know, sabotage themselves and fuck themselves for, for the foreseeable future. Yes, I'm being dramatic. Let me live. Because, yes, having the number two pick is not a death knell. It just makes things significantly more difficult. It does. Like, there's no way around the fact that it makes things significantly more difficult. You get the number one pick, there's no thinking involved. You take Trevor Lawrence, you go. That's it. Now the number two pick, do you take Justin Fields? Do you trade out? That Wilson kid from BYU is, is gaining traction in the, in the draft community, in the scouting community and such. Like, do you take him? What do you do? Or do you trade down and take him? Do you take him at two? Like, there's so many different ways to go about this. And the one thing that remains the fucking same is that the job becomes harder to sell. That's the one fucking thing that remains the same. The Jets just, they, they lose when they're supposed to win or, or, excuse me, they lose when it would make sense to win and they win when it would make sense to lose. They had one job. They completed it 13 out of 16 games, bruh. 13 out of fucking 16 games, whatever, 83%, whatever whatever percentage that is, I don't have the math on the top of my head. They completed the job. It's like downloading a fucking PlayStation game, having the shit download the 84%, and then and then the shit, and then your PS4, just PS5, whatever y'all got, just blows the fuck up, and that's it. The game is done, the PS5 is done, and you're done. This is what that's like. They went 13 out of 16 games. This would have been so much easier to tolerate if this shit was in week five. It's okay. Well, they went one and five, one and four. It just was. It was never in the cards. Blah blah blah. You 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 can come to you can you can talk yourself into or out of it however you see fit. But week five is okay. It's, it's October. So what? Okay, they won a game. They were bound to. Blah blah blah. Once the Jets lost to the Raiders that way, it was like okay, yo, they're in the clear. They're gonna do this. Yo, they're going to do this. And now look at them. Like, why is it so hard for them just to fucking tank? Just tank. My God, just tank, just lose. Like, nobody's asking for 0-16 every year. Nobody's asking for 1-15 every year. We're not asking for that. The Jets beat the Bills two years ago in a fucking meaningless game. And... The, the the Niners ended up with Nick Bosa as a result, and the Jets ended up with Quinn Williams. Granted, again, Quinn Williams is nice and all. He ain't Nick Bosa. And all the Jets had to do was lose a game in Buffalo. All they had to do, lose a game in Buffalo, finish out 3-13, and 
you get the number one pick. You could do whatever you see fit with the number one pick. And I mean, excuse me, I think Nick Bosa went two. Sorry, Nick Bosa went second. Point remains. The Jets could have had a number one pick to do whatever the fuck they pleased. And they, and they fucked it up by beating the Buffalo Bills in a game that meant nothing to nobody. It didn't even mean shit to Buffalo. Didn't mean shit to them. Didn't mean shit to us. Nothing. It's just, like, I, it's been a good 24 years, man. It's been a good, well, I wouldn't say good. It's been a mixed bag. But there's been, there's, there's, been, there's been a lot of fun Sundays rooting for the Jets, a lot of bad ones. I'll always appreciate the good times. Because there, there were a lot of good times. Like, the Jets are not as bad as we want them to be. Over the last two decades, rather. They, they haven't been as bad as people want to think they were or people want to make fun of them at. They just have not been. You know what I mean? They have not been. They've had, they've made what? Four championship game appearances in the last 20 years? I say it's four. The last 22 years, whatever, since 98. Three, sorry. They made three championship game appearances in that time frame. They made the playoffs a bunch of times. Like, it has not been all bad, right? I remember the good times, man. I remember Chad Payne to like, taking the world by storm in 02. Like, I remember Sean Green sleeping in the end zone in 2010. I remember beating Peyton Manning in the playoffs in 2009. I'll I remember... Um, Santonio San Holmes antics or clutch histrionics, whatever you want to call them, in 2010. You know, taking the slant against Cleveland to the house for a touchdown. You know, taking the skinny post against Detroit uh, down inside their down deep inside their territory in overtime. The touchdown against the Texans that made me do a laps around one, two, three burger shop beers. Like I'll remember the good time. I'll remember the 2006 unexpected run behind Chad Payton, who couldn't throw the ball more than 15 yards. And Eric Mangini, who came, who came on board in his first year. Like I remember, you know, waking up as a kid every Sunday, and and looking for and you know being giddy in 1998 when the Jets were making that run. I remember all of those times, but it's over now. Like I, I'm 33 years old, done this for 20 years, or 24 years, excuse me, done this since '96. They can't even do this right. It was just, it, it, this is just the last straw. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and extend my fandom for Justin Fields or nobody else. I'm sorry. Again, this is no diss to Justin Fields. He might be dope as hell. That's great. Like, the Jets just, I've realized that they just don't and can't do anything right. Even this. They can't even be bad enough. Think about that for a minute. Like, the Jets, the, the, the Jets are never good enough to actually, you know, you know win a championship, but not everybody can win championships fine. Like you, me, I, I just want stability and knowing that my team is not going to consistently do stupid ass shit. I don't ask for a whole lot in this time frame. As far as me being a fan, I don't ask for a whole lot. But they can't even lose enough either. Like they have one job. Just lose 16 games, bro. You, you already lost 13. Just lose fucking three more, man. That's all you had to fucking do is lose three more goddamn games. That's it. All you had to fucking do. And they couldn't even do that right. Like, Darnold came out and played well, which, like, that that was the most terrifying part. Yes, Sam Darnold has been bad this year. I am not arguing with anybody. I like the kid. I hope he... 
I mean, at this point, he might come back next year. I was going to say, I hope he does well at his next stop. But shit, that might be two, three, fucking four years from now. Who knows? But uh, it was always terrifying that, okay, what if this dude just comes out and plays to his to his ceiling, even though I don't think this is his ceiling, but play to whatever you think his theoretical ceiling is for a week and blows the tank just on that alone. That was always my biggest fear. And while this was not about just him, because the defense played well and such, and you know Ty Johnson did his thing and so on and so forth. It was not just about him, but he played well. And that was terrifying about this. But they just they they don't even lose enough. And they don't win enough. It's tiring. <laughs> like it's it's tiring. Like what am I staying here for? Like what am I still rooting for this for? Why am I here? Why am I here? Like, Jared Goff, if the Rams haven't already started asking questions about Jared Goff, they need to start. Because he's just not good enough. He's not. He's not. Like, since the Super Bowl, it's kind of been even more obvious, but he's just not good enough. The guy has supreme arm talent, but he's also he, he can't really move, and he's slow to process things. He's just, he's a problem, and an, a highly paid problem at that. But... Like, fuck him. And and then I have Cam Akers starting in one of my money leagues for fantasy football. And and he had two big-ass runs taken off the board by penalties, including one touchdown. And it's just like, so not only are the Rams gonna gonna fuck me as far as my real-life team goes, they're also gonna they're also gonna fuck my fantasy team with all these goddamn penalties, too. So the Rams just are on my shit list. Fuck the Rams. Like, fuck the Rams, period. Fuck them. Like, they, they had one job. Come in here and win. And, and hopefully get Cam Akers 15, 16 fancy points along the way. He got me seven. So I'm mad as hell. Fuck the Rams. Like, they should have to forfeit their goddamn playoff spot. If you can't beat a winless team who's on pace for the worst point differential of all fucking time, you should forfeit your playoff spot by default. Don't even let them play the last two games. Shut off all shut off all their key passes to get in the building. You know, like no, just just shut them down. Simulate to the end of their season. Two L's and they could go home and they can think about that shit. Forfeit that shit. Get them out of here. There gotta be somebody else who's more deserving. Cause if you you can't beat the Jets, the Jets, then you don't deserve to make the playoffs. I think that's simple enough, right? You don't deserve to make the playoffs. You can't even beat the fucking Jets. They have one job. <clears throat> it's just unbelievable that... Like, of, of the three games, the Rams didn't even cross my mind as a game the Jets would win. Like, I full-on thought, okay, it's, in terms of probability, like, the Browns would have been the game that they had the best chance of winning because well it's the Browns the Patriots would have been second and the Rams would have been third on the probability list as far as them as uh, as far as the likelihood of the Jets winning a football game against the last three opponents of the season ultimately is it surprising I mean 
the, the result of them winning a football game is not surprising. Like, number one, it's very fucking hard to go 0-16. As easy as the Jets are making it look to lose football games, it's a hard thing to do to lose all fucking 16 of them motherfuckers. So, it's, it, 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 it's not necessarily surprising that they won a game. It's kind of surprising that they beat the Rams in particular. Because I just didn't expect... The team with, you know, whatever, the top three defense and, you know, top five offense to come out here and just flat out lay an egg. They just came out with the collective dicks in their hands and just didn't do shit for three fucking quarters. And then the fourth quarter, oh, you know, maybe we should try and win now. Oh, no. The winless team got us on the ropes. Maybe we should try and fucking win. And then by then it was too fucking little and too goddamn late. So, I mean... it's just unbelievable that after 13 weeks of, yeah, you know what? We got this. The Jets ain't winning nothing. Like, we saw the Joe Flacco interception on, on Monday night. We saw that that artistic tank that night. Like, we saw the Raiders game. Like, we saw the, uh, you know, we saw the leaving of a 4-2-8-40 guy one-on-one when a Hail Mary was the only thing that could beat you. We saw that, and we thought, and by we, I mean me in this particular context, we thought, yeah, you know what, they're finally going to get this tanking thing right, because think about it, when I say tank, I mean full tank, you have the worst record in the league, that kind of tank, not, like, the Jets have finished, the Jets have picked third or fifth or sixth plenty of times in my life, I'm talking about just flat out, you are the worst team in football, that kind of fucking tank. They did that one time, and that was 1997, right? Or 1996, excuse me. And all they had to do was commit, all Bill, Bill Parcells had to do was commit to Peyton Manning. And Peyton Manning would have came out of school, and the Jets could have taken him, and who the fuck knows how that changes the course of history. All they had to do was all Bill, 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 Bill Parcells had to do was say, hey, look, man, I will take you with your number one pick if you come out. All he had to do was say that. And he said, no, I'm good. And then the course of history was fucking changed. And then Keyshawn Johnson was taking number one overall. It's like, Keyshawn's cool, but the Jets essentially took a, a fucking possession receiver number one overall instead of Peyton Manning who went back to school. That sums up the Jets, man. It just does. And that was the last time that the Jets picked number one overall. And the Jets picked a good year to just suck. Like, you know, Trevor Lawrence, you know, Trevor Lawrence this and Trevor Lawrence that. And Trevor Lawrence leaps tall buildings in a single bound. And Trevor Lawrence this. And he he saved 5,000 kids from a burning building. And Trevor Lawrence that. Like, just the Trevor Lawrence hype is real. And I'm not saying it's unwarranted. Please do not get me confused. But the, the hype is there and it's real. And they're saying he's the best prospect since Andrew Luck. And this, that, and the fucking third. It was right there on the table. The Jets easily could have just said, you know what? Let's, let's just lose out. And I mean, quite frankly, like, the players on the field are not about to tank. I feel like that needs to be said again. Because I feel like people don't necessarily realize this. They're not out there trying to lose. They... When you that bad, you just that bad. You just stink. Like, your team construction stinks. The players on the team stinks. The coaching stinks. Everything stinks. But they're not trying to lose. So they went out there and they tried to win a football game. The Rams had no interest 
and playing hard. No interest in going out there and actually beating the Jets. They just thought they were going to come out there and, and go run fucking cardio for 60 minutes and win as a result. And, and it was just going to magically show up. Rams, more points. Jets, less points. Let's all go home. And that just simply was not the case. And the Jets went out there and won the football game and fucked everything up. Because of course they did. Of course they fucking did. Like, are, am I surprised? No. Ultimately, the 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 one being in the, in the W column doesn't surprise me. And by the way, all, all of you Jets fans who are trying to talk yourselves into, oh, you know, the Jaguars can still win a game. You know, it's not over. Bruh, the Jaguars got the Bears and the Colts left on the schedule. The Jaguars aren't beating shit. And yes, I know we said this about the Jets and Rams. I understand that. But do, do you really think that the Jets of all teams are going to get the good fortune of fucking up their own tank and then the and then the Jaguars be like, no, no, no don't worry about it. We're going to fuck up ours too. No, that's not how it's going to go. The Jaguars are going to get slapped around by the Bears next week and they're going to get slapped around by the Colts in week 17. They're going to get the number one pick and Trevor Lawrence is going to go be rich man's um, 1990s Mark Brunel for the Jaguars and then the Jets are going to do whatever it is that the Jets do and probably fuck it up because the Jets are going to do what the Jets do. Which is fuck everything up. They fuck everything up. Even something as simple as an own 13 team continuing to stink. They fuck that up. And go and win as 17 and a half point underdogs across the damn country at that, no less. Whenever something can be fucked up, the Jets will fuck it up. Whether it's losing losing when they're supposed to win or, you know... Winning your in scenarios or just games you're supposed to win. You know, when the Jets are good, playing bad teams in December and losing. Shit like that. And then when they're supposed to lose, they do shit like today and go out and, and upset a 9-4 football, a previously 9-4 football team who who has a playoff trajectory, who has a, t- who's, who has a top 5 defense and a top 5 offense. And they go out there and upset those dudes who... Just didn't even bother to come out and play today. It was a pathetic effort all around that Sean McVay should have to fucking answer for. But yeah, man, that that that's it for me though. Like I'm, I can't do the Jets fans, the Jets fan thing no more. Like I could root casually, sometimes he maybe, you know, some here and there, and just be mad casual. If the Jets are in the playoffs, maybe root for them or whatever, or. You know, Jets are on TV in front of us, in front of me, and they're making a dope comeback. Like root for them to win. Just like committing to fandom just isn't for me anymore, bro. It just isn't because no matter what happens or what's supposed to happen or what's not supposed to happen, the Jets are gonna fuck it up. It it, it just is what it is. Like the Jets fuck up their own prosperity over and over and over and over again, and, and just over and over and over again. Over and 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 over again. It's just it's just too fucking much for me. Like I'm not I'm not doing this no more. And for those of you who hate tanking for whatever whatever your reasons are, you just I can't root against my football team. And, you know, you, you got to build a winning culture. You can't just lose out and expect to build a team this way. And whatever the whatever other fucking goofy-ass reasoning you have for it, 
hey, you guys got to win. Or, or, or you can't go 116. That's embarrassing. You can't do that. Okay, you got to fucking win. Congrats. To the players, like, I, I, there, there is a part of me that feels bad for the players, mostly the actual good ones, and then, you know, Darnold, because he looks beaten, but, like, the Beckton's and the Mimses and the Quinnens and, and the Foley Fatakasis, like, hey, good for you guys, you gotta win. Like, I'm happy for y'all, genuinely. But, this win fucked up everything, as usual. As I said, is it possible the Jets still succeed from here? Yes. I'm not going to be around to care. Like, you can't force me to care because I'm done giving a fuck like that. But, hey, m- maybe this works out better for the Jets. Maybe Trevor Lawrence ain't shit. M- maybe the coach that they would have hired with Trevor Lawrence ain't shit either. And they get Justin Fields or whoever the fuck, and the coach that they hire ends up dope. And, 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 you, and you got uh, low-rent Belichick and Brady for the next 20 years. Who the fuck knows? Anything is possible. All possibilities are possible. Possibilities are fucking endless. Who knows? What I do know is that I won't be around for that ride. I'm not going to be around for, for, for the weekend, week out, watching this team. You know, the, the discourse. Like I, I, I have discussed this team less this year than damn near any year like i've never cared less and i've never cared less to engage and i i call that motherfucking growth it's growth but like th- this is probably the death knell in my fandom unless the jaguars turn around and win a football game which they probably ain't but if they turn around and win a football game and the, and the jets backdoor their way into the number one pick anyway then this this whole podcast would be moot but fine We'll cross that bridge when we get there, right? Right. But, uh, yeah, man. Good for them, I guess. Bad for the fans. Bad for the organization. It just made Joe Douglas's job harder. It made the whole organization's job harder. And it made the organization harder to sell. But at least they won a football game and winning is the goal, right? Oh, that's it for me. That's it for episode 24 of All In With Kevin. Listen, rate, review, subscribe. Thank you for listening, and I will see you when I see you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a day. (laughs) What a motherfucking day.